Thanks for tuning in to Why Theory. On this episode, Todd and I discuss the Oscars. We make an argument for the importance of this oftentimes maddening awards ceremony by going over famous slights in Oscars history, like Citizen Kane not winning Best Picture in 1941, while Todd makes a claim that 1989 might be the greatest year in film history. The latter half of the episode sees us give extended takes on a number of the Best Picture nominees from this year, with the most substantive conversation centering on The Shape of Water and Get Out. There are a lot of hot Oscars takes in this episode, and we cover a lot of ground in just over an hour. We hope you all enjoy the conversation, and as always, thanks for listening. I just hit. I'm all good. Good. I am good as well. Um, Okay. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Another episode of Why Theory. Today, we're going to be talking about... uh, two things within the same thing. We're going to be talking about the, uh, a number of the 2018 Oscar nominees for best picture and, uh, perhaps uh, other awards I would say. And then the Oscars, uh, in general, uh, and a theoretical approach to, you know, Oscar films, what makes an Oscar nomination? What's the kind of film that cannot be nominated or the film that cannot win? Um, I know we have uh, some thoughts on that. So anyway, that's my sort of brief setup. Todd, how are you? Hi. Hi, Ryan. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. Um, so where do you want to start? I want to, I want to uh, have you uh, dictate this. Do we want to start uh, with the, well, w- I guess, which film from this year? Where do we want to place ourselves? Well, I thought maybe we should, we would start with um, the question of why we would talk about the Oscars theoretically at all. And if there's a is there like an ontological justification for the existence of the Oscars? <laughs> That's great. I think that yeah. I think some people might say there isn't. Right. And you know, there are just a bunch of films out there and people should see what they like. And why should anyone say this film is the best film of the year or sure. that film's the best of the year? Yeah. And they're so often so, so wrong <laughs> in, yeah. in a maddening way mm-hmm. that they probably should just be and it's basically just a, you know, like a marketing night for Hollywood and for these dressmakers. And it's, you know, it's like utterly incredibly sexist the way that Mm -hmm. the women have to wear dresses and the men all just wear the The same thing, the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I think there are all these problems with it. So I think that's the, to me, the the sort of interesting overall question is why is it even important to have? And I guess my, since I pose the question, I'll (laughs) pose the the first answer, which is, uh, and then I, curious what you think about this i i think that in some way there's not i want to say two things i'd say first of all it's impossible not to have a best film of the year that is to say Mm -hmm. you always are you know doing some kind of evaluation in which you're trying to say look this is what i think people should see and this is what i think i want to see and this is what i think is Mm -hmm. good and this is what isn't so i think it's always being done and it's helpful if it's done in some sort of a collective fashion. I don't think it has to be the Academy, but that's the most famous group, so I'm fi- I don't care who does it. I'm fine that it's it's them. So I think it's important just to have that kind of as a, as a centering mechanism yeah. for the debate about what's the best film. And I think it's important, and I really think aesthetic evaluation is an important thing because mm-hmm. I don't think all films are created equal, and I think there's a... I think it's very important theoretically to see how the aesthetic is... is contains within it the political and the existential Mm. and everything you know like it's never just aesthetic right it's always it's always like like what makes citizen kane a great film aesthetically Mm. 
is linked to what makes it such a great film politically as well. Yeah. And which is also why, to come back to your other, <laughs> my other opening thing. remark, yeah. why it couldn't possibly have won the Academy Could not Award, even though yeah. it did win for screenplay. That's an interesting... I thought maybe we would start with 1941, which is a kind of interesting year. So that year, uh, 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 Citizen Kane is nominated. So the, um, uh, it's nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Orson Welles is nominated for Best Director. But John Ford wins for a very, very bad John Ford movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I, I shouldn't say that. It's not very bad. But How Green Was My Valley is not a great... John Ford is a great director. Right, yeah. How Green Was My Valley is not a great John Ford film. Mm. So it's, it's not even a very good phrase, I don't think. Like, no, it's, it's not a it's great totally, phrase. It's totally, it's like, right. like no, very lo- locked to a specific time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, what's interesting is there's some other good, so that was a time of the 10 picture nominations. Right. So they did that for a while and then they went away from it. And I, was it 10 years ago they started? They went again? back to, yeah, that's correct. I think, uh, yeah. yeah, the first year, the first year was uh, in, the year that Inception was, was not. Inception, right, yeah. mm-hmm. right. That year. So, so the other films, it's interesting. So Maltese Falcon, which is, so that's great. That's a pretty good film, which is interesting because a lot of people say Maltese Falcon is a ripoff of Citizen Kane. <laughs> How is that even possible? It's not possible because <laughs> yeah. because Hammett wrote it before Wells wrote uh, wrote Citizen Kane. But Suspicion by Alfred Hitchcock, which is a lesser Hitchcock mm-hmm. film, it shouldn't probably even be nominated. And Sergeant York by by Howard Hawks. So you know, there's some decent. Here oh, comes Mr. He, Jordan, he which won was best remade. Director as, for that, didn't he? Sergeant York. No, he didn't. That's oh, he the didn't? thing. I don't know why we thought that, huh. but uh, John Ford won. So interesting. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but uh, uh, and here comes Mr. Jordan was also nominated, which was then remade as Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait, which is great. Which was also nominated. Yeah, which also nominated. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's interesting that Kane couldn't possibly win, and I think is it doesn't. I think this would be a first kind of thing to say about the Oscars. Like, okay, it's it's necessary to have it, and mm-hmm. it's important to have this kind of sense of what film is really doing the is sort of formally the most compelling film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but then what makes it impossible for a film to win? Yeah. I know. Right? I, I think it's such an interesting question. And I like to your, your initial provocation. I mean, I, I think this is right. And, and we, you know, we were talking about this the other day when we were planning this episode, but like the, the idea to like ju- to not give films an award and, and to not have like a ceremony like this or just to have many and th- none is more uh you know more important than any other one is like a um it's like a bad it's a bad belief in 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 democracy like that they're like that if we just appreciate everything like sort of like equally this way that they will all have equal value and like for you know for one i think as you nicely put it about aesthetic objects is that it's just not true um and and we can't really do that and then on a more practical level you know they do this for other for other industries and i think music the music industry is, is I think the most interesting is that like, I know that the Grammys are every year and that there's a best album every year. There's no way. I think I remember Bob Dylan winning for time out of mind in 1998. And that was just such a shock. And that's like the only one that I think I remember. And I don't know that anybody who's even into music 
like really knows about what's going on with the Grammys because I think so it's meaningless. It's meaningless. It's like, yeah, like you can't yeah. like we're we are only able. I mean, I think this is the way to put it. We're only able to have this conversation because the Oscars exist and because they get it wrong so frequently. And that's yeah. the only way that you can put yourself in that year and to be able to like determine like what was great and it provides a basis. So if we're going to award John Ford for a lesser John Ford film and ignore Citizen Kane, uh, then there's something that we can begin to appreciate and articulate about like the great artwork and why it cannot be awarded like right. generally. And, and right, I think that's a great point. Like there's something about the work that is traumatic, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That, that can't be registered symbolically, right? And then, uh, and then, and then it just, and then. It's only subsequently with the passing of time yes. that the trauma gets in some way integrated into the symbolic field and people can say, oh, yeah, of course, Citizen Kane, greatest film ever made. Yeah. But it's only after the fact. It's at the time. It's, I mean, it's interesting is that some people at the time did know that. I mean, yeah. so, mm-hmm. but it can't be like collectively. Right. Right. It can't be. Yeah. It can't mm-hmm. be uh, or, yeah. or popularly. Like it, it can't. Yeah. For for something yeah. like that to to become part of like what like common sense or to be like to be like generally like un, you know understood as great I right. think that's like too like I don't know like Rite of Spring I think is a great example like people right, wanted to right burn spring, the theater yeah. down you know uh, or yeah. or t- for something else that happened in the theater like the rules of the game you know like like re- the Red Wars right film. rules of the game someone really did start a fire yeah um, yeah that's interesting yeah I think you're right that um, I've I've Heard that that Rite of Spring uh, response has been somewhat overblown by Stravinsky. Oh, but, is that um, true? Well, good for him. But <laughs> I don't know. But but nonetheless, your point is right. And and for 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 um, rules of the game, it's it's definitely true. Mm-hmm. It's it's corroborated. So so I think that's it, it's interesting. And that, rules of the game is exactly like Kane too, right? Like mm-hmm. now, it's everyone admits it's one of the great films. Right. Ever made, yeah. And, and I, but the, the, what's interesting too is the films that are able to be exceptions to that. And I, I like to me. So, 1991 is a great year for the Oscars, like really getting it absolutely correct. Mm. You know, like the it's a so it's a time when. Uh, so okay, so here's the five that were nominated: so Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, Bugsy. JFK and Prince of Tides. Mm. And I've looked through the rest of the films of the year and that's, there's not, it's not great. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty slim picking. Right. Thelma and Louise is sort of the only other oh, one that that's kind of. Could have been on there, but was not. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. You know, it's, I mean, Thelma and Louise is one of these films, we've talked about this before, that is, is more culturally important than it is good. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that, I mean, this is your distinction, so I'm just... You're just you're saying it. Feeling it. No, but, yeah. no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something to get into. I mean, I don't want to, like, j- jump too many different tracks, but, li- yeah, like, th- this is a thing where, where something is, uh, yeah, better known culturally than it is, like, a, you know, uh, the subjectively or, you know, uh, good, like, art uh, object. And those can be... Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is those films can be acknowledged by the Academy. Like Agreed. You're you're a great example of this, and I think it's I think it's maybe the sort of quintessential example is Godfather, Godfather yeah. One and Godfather Two. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Academy has no problem giving those both films two years apart Best Picture, but then Coppola makes his absolute unqualified masterpiece yes. in '74, and there's just no acknowledgement of it at all. That's conversation. So like if you mm-hmm. can't mm-hmm. like 
comparing conversation to those two films is like, you know, it's like comparing what a third grader did to what <laughs> to phenomenology of spirit. Can, you know, it's can like, I add you, can I add something to this too? I and yeah. I don't think this should be. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but uh, the, Coppola also won both those years for best adapted screenplay of and for director and for, yeah. And so like, well, this was my thing on, on, on screenplay is, is that like, um, I don't know. Do you think like one book or like one work should win on like if it's made in by the same people, but just like another iteration or, or should there be like a, like you shouldn't that that like that shouldn't be a nominated again. like like um what is it like a double double jeopardy like it can't yeah, you know like it yeah. can't win again. I don't know. So you're saying you don't think there should be an adapted screenplay award? No 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 not that but just that Godfather shouldn't count twice like two years yeah, apart made yeah, by the same yeah. people that's an extension yeah, of the same, the same story yeah, and that but yeah. it, but it goes back to like you know um I think I have in front of me uh that or I will have in front of me that year um like. The, okay, this is this is this is real. The real the real reason why I'm saying that is because I think Young Frankenstein should have won Best Adapted Screenplay that year. Wow, <laughs> that's that's the real reason. The conversation was an original screenplay, right? I think that is correct. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that, no, I yeah. think you're right, and I think, but it's interesting that Godfather was the only sequel ever to win. Is that right? Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Pretty sure. Hmm. So that and and I think it could win because to come back to your distinction between the film that's great and the film that's culturally important, mm-hmm. like I think the Academy can acknowledge cultural importance, yeah. in a way that it can't the great art acknowledge art. the great art. But but what's what's fascinating is it, when they intersect, mm-hmm. then it can. Yeah, that's what I would say. Like so, like, like Silence me, of the Lambs. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. So Silence of the Lambs is both this kind of epochal cultural moment mm-hmm. and it's 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 clearly the best film of the year. Yeah. Like it's clearly it's one of those times I like to say once every 10 years they're right. <laughs> and yeah. that was the time like they that that was just correct. Just and then and then late the, the next time is no country for old men when you're just like okay that's totally right. That's just totally right. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. this, like, that's such a great example because then three years later, and um, and then I would say two years after that, I think you have two great examples of the uh, Academy um, awarding the culturally important film instead of the great film. Actually, maybe even in, in 93, too, where you have Schindler's List winning instead of, <clears throat> excuse me, the piano, I think, is like... Well, this, but or, that's... But the, the, the Fugitive. The film that Schindler's List beat that... that it's unconscionable that it be. It wasn't even nominated. Which wait, what is he was that nominated for director? But it's Altman's greatest uh, film, oh, Shortcuts. Shortcuts. That's such a great point. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that if Schindler, like, it, 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 it's like criminal that Schindler's <laughs> List. Would, for one thing, Schindler's List is like his one of his worst five films, probably. I love that you told me that story, the the Kubrick, where he he. I, I might tell it wrong, so correct me if I get okay. the details wrong. Yeah. But where uh, Kubrick is um, asked if there's any uh, topic that cannot be made or cannot be. No, covered. he's talking. Of, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, he's well, talking to the screen. He's talking to the screenwriter of Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. And the and yeah, you do the story. Yes. <laughs> well, you can finish it. Well, I'll all right, just, I'll finish it. Yeah. Okay. So and so. I'll just start it off on the right path. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry. It's okay. And, uh, and so Kubrick, the guy says to Kubrick, um, you should make a film on the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And Kubrick said, y- you can't make a good film on the Holocaust. And the guy goes, 
what about Schindler's Schindler? List? Yeah. yeah. And then he and then s- he said, Paul Cuss's story where six million Jews died, and Schindler's List story of a, a thousand Jews who lived. Yeah. I mean, yeah. To me, that was the greatest <laughs> response to Schindler's List ever articulated. Yeah. And I do kind of agree with him that the Holocaust is unfilmable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I kind of feel that way. And that, this also, I mean, total total side comment. Uh, this is this, this is part of. Um, why people read The Shining as his Holocaust film. Like it's like, right. a, it's one of these conspiracy theory things that, that doesn't hold up very much, but th- there's some things in there. But anyway, the, the point that I wanted to make um, was, you know, beyond Schindler's list, like, you know, a year after that is Forrest Gump, which is the most ideological film that has ever been made. Right. You have a movie about an idiot who falls ass backwards into everything, uh, right. whose best friend is a young girl who is like, you know, it's implied, if not outright stated. Prematurely dying of AIDS. Di- she dies of AIDS. Sexually active. Yeah, right? well, because, well, she was probably um, like sexually abused by her father is I think the implication in the film. Right. And so you have this like, like look at this. So this woman who who was abused by her father, who therefore questions authority, then gets AIDS and dies. And then you've got this idiot who doesn't know how to do that and he like has this great life. And the only thing he doesn't get is the girl because she's on that other path, that ideological right. one where because she questioned right. things, she therefore has right. this problem. You know, uh, I'm tempted yeah. to say it is the worst best picture ever. That's pretty good. That's a pretty it's a pretty good show. I mean, people I've been reading people that say it's crash. But I don't yeah. think it's Crash. I think it. I think it. Forrest Gump is so much worse. I think it, it's more offensive because it's far more well loved than uh, right. than Crash. Right. I. I right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Right. right. I think I. I. I remember thinking at the time that Hanks should not have been allowed to make another film <laughs> after that. That's so funny. Film. Or Zemeckis, he should have been. To, I mean, they just should have said, you, you just, you know. Like the cult, the, the the commies are of art should have just said, you know, it's a, you just made that. You've just, you, <laughs> you, you just you can't do anymore. You'd have a good lie down. Uh, yeah, Robert. have a good whatever. <laughs> go read some books and yeah, and you know yeah yeah. But that but yeah. So that I so I think you're right when it the the worst egregious errors mm-hmm. occur when it's an attempt to acknowledge cultural importance. Mm-hmm. Right? English patient over Fargo. English patient over Fargo. Yeah. Right or. Did Philadelphia win something, um, or he just won for? I think he won for, for acting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But that would be another attempt to like register the cultural importance. I was reading an article which is kind of interesting about how uh, at the time Sunslam came out, Sunslams came out, there was this whole kind of controversy about the depiction of a gay man hmm. that it was this, oh. this kind of pathologizing yeah. homosexuality, hmm. and and but. But that now the tables have to- and people where the gay community loved Philadelphia, and now the tables have totally turned. Yeah. And now, like, like there's this great appreciation for the figure of James Gum. Yeah, and, and people think Philadelphia is this condescending like story by yeah. a heterosexual guy trying to, to you know. So I, yeah. I I love that that this kind of total. Total reversal of things. That's pretty great. Well, but isn't it? I find that like that's that's uh, that's kind of disappointing. Like I I feel this way about. I mean, we'll get on to talk about this. I feel this way a little bit about um, uh, three billboards this year and the the, the controversy about that um, yeah. playing down um, you know p- uh, police b- brutality and, and and racial violence. And I think people only. 
and, and I think this is the same thing about uh, in 91 with Silence of the Lambs. I think people are only saying that because real cops play down racial violence and police brutality. It's not because of that film. Like if we lived in a world where there were great strides being made to correct that obvious injustice, I don't think anybody would say that. And I think it's yeah. the same thing where 1991, you're, you know, this is, you know, before marriage equality and this is before like, it's really uh, comfortable, like even then, like really comfortable for, for many, uh, you know, queer people to come out. And I think that right. that's where that, um, critique comes from. It's not the film. It's like, that's a wider, uh, it's, it's using the, the art object as a sort of like a bad synecdoche for what's going on culturally. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what yeah that's but what it's interesting. You make a good point that it can only be appreciated after, maybe after the fact. Yeah, yes. You know, that's, that's probably true too as well. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to make one other point about that. Oh, no, that, we, keep, we can do about, this forever. I'll, we can go through uh, every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. About, but, but about, so I just want to talk about 1989 quick. So, so Yo, 91 yeah. is Silence of the Lambs. It's a great, we both agree, I think. This totally. was the Academy doing a great job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even giving the award to the acting award for the, like, how many, he's barely on the screen. Was it like 14 Anthony minutes? Hopkins. Something like yeah, that? It's, something, it's, it's, it's incredible. But it feels like he's in the whole, I watched the movie again last night. It was the first time I watched it as an adult. And so I, and I, yeah. it's captivating. Like, I thought, oh, he has yeah. to have been in the movie for like a half hour at least. Well, he's not. He's just like, it's like four scenes and it's just, yeah. And he just, he, he just, he controls the entire film. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But okay. But so two years earlier you have, uh, driving Miss Daisy winning mm-hmm. this is 1989. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the films that it beats, not, it doesn't even, these aren't even the ones in the, they aren't even the ones nominated, but just films yeah. that are made that year. Mm-hmm. Crimes and misdemeanors do the right thing. Sex lies and videotape when Harry met Sally Kenneth Branagh's Henry V mm. and Heather's. Right. So there's incredible, like it's, I said this to you yeah. earlier and I, I, I'm pretty convinced that I think it's the greatest year ever of cinema. And yeah, at least in America. Well, th- yeah, that's great. I don't think, I think most people would put that like they would, they would probably put that in like the sixties or seventies. They were, you know what they would do? I, they, they, they would put that the year that the Godfather won or something like that. Right. That's what most right, people would do. Right. But yeah, I think I know, your claim is, cause then there's a Scorsese film right. and there's a, yeah, like Some taxi drivers with Jack around Nicholson there in it. Yeah. 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 But I think yeah. your claim is much more compelling because you have like, I mean, the the best romantic comedy when Harry Metzali, like it's ever made. Ever made. Right? That's so, ever made. so great. And uh, you know Crimes and Misdemeanors, the high the greatest Woody Allen movie. Yep. Yep. With, it can't be debated, I don't think. I think Do you're the right thing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Possibly the greatest Spike Lee movie. Yep. Yeah. Right? Po- probably. May I mean I would probably argue that, but I think most people would say that. Yeah. Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Soderbergh, that's his opening film, and it's hard to claim that he made a better one later. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and Heather's is the greatest teen film ever made. So it's pretty, yeah. you know, it's pretty impressive. And then to give the award to Driving Miss Daisy. That's is such like, a bummer. <laughs> even like, even yeah. Dead Poet Society would be more. Would have been fine. Would have been acceptable. I would yeah. I would have had no problem with that. Yeah. Right. And and it's interesting. This is a point that you made that, that, if you look at the original screenplay list, yes, that's really a better indication of the greatest films of the year, yeah, than the best picture nominees. And so I, I just read so Dead Poets Society, Crimes and Misdemeanors, Do the Right Thing, Sex Lies and Videotape, When Harry Met Sally. That's a pretty good, yeah, that's a pretty good list. Yeah, should have been the best picture list, and then and then maybe well then maybe what Do the Right Thing should have maybe won, but like that's yeah, yeah I think that's, that's a tough choice though. It's isn't still it? a tough like, choice, yeah. 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 I mean, is do the right thing better than it's probably better than crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But that's one where it's interesting because 
if you took a look at the cultural importance mm, and yeah. the greatness, that that film has both. But it couldn't. It there's couldn't. no way that a black director at no. that time was getting right. I mean, he was young. There's no way he was. I mean, I I remember at the time. So I was in I was in in college or just getting out of college, and and I was shocked mm-hmm. by the fact that it was even at the multiplex. Wow. I'm like, so this is a film by a young black director kind of challenging white racism mm-hmm. and it's they're just showing at the ball you know like yeah, just yeah, yeah. I just couldn't even believe it I mean now of course there's like that's not, I mean it's still relatively uncommon but yeah uh, well in that way yeah. like I mean I, I think that in future years I think films apart from uh well we're gonna talk about get out but I think that uh, um you're more likely to see like uh, a sanitized commentary on white supremacy, you know, where like where the targets are like acceptably other to white people, you know, like, like, I mean, again, other like white people who are other to white to like whatever quote, like mainstream white people. And I, you know, and I think that um, do the right thing is still traumatic. It's still a traumatic art object, like for that reason. And I mean, I think, right. I think it really is. I mean, it, 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 you know, it's funny that that uh, I I just again I'm shocked that he was able to get it made. I mean, I understand he had to get it funded, mm. not totally through studio, and had to get all kinds of independent funding for it. But still, the fact that yeah. it got distributed, I love the story is, of Malcolm X being uh, getting yeah, funding for that. That's a great, that's yeah, good, yeah, 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 yeah. Was it he called? It's interesting he calls Michael that's Jordan, his, right? And he tells him, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Although. You know, maybe he should have got a little less funding. It could have been shorter. That's well, yeah, maybe that. Well, do you think that I don't? I don't think it's interesting because I don't think Malcolm X. Real. I mean, it's fine. You've written a book on on Spike Lee's films. So what do what do you? Yeah. Well, I just think it's way lower. Yeah. I just think Hmm. it's way way lower. I mean, like bottom third. Like it's Hmm. you know, I think I think he has a lot of great films, but I would not count Malcolm X among them. It's interesting. I I just think it's too. You know, part of it is it suffers from the. And I, you know, it suffers from the biopic. It's like, a, oh, you know, it doesn't have a yeah. direct. It doesn't have, know, a, like the doesn't best, have a story. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So like the, it seems to me like the best ones that are really just talking about a person just cut out just a little bit of that person's hmm. life and focus. Like Lincoln, I think, does a great job of just taking the 13th Amendment struggle. Yeah. And making that the whole story. This or, is, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, this is why, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, the when the times that I've taught writing, um, like I try to make this distinction between, uh, like memoir and then like, you know, uh, bi- biography, which is like biography is, is you're, you're looking at like a taxonomy of things that a person did. And like the best kind of memoirs, they tend to be about like unfamous people, usually about like crisis moments, like in, right, in really right. specific ones. And that's what you, that's what you're told to do for, you know, young student writers and, and, uh, in college is that you want to get them to look at whatever the most specific thing is like from like some that would make like a good, you know, writing assignment in a classroom. Like you want to get like, what's, what's the thing that you observed in your experience in your life that like you, you could phrase it in a way that nobody else could like, what's that like right. small, small thing. And I don't know. Yeah. So it, no, I think that's like to use your distinction you just made, like wouldn't Malcolm X would be a biography. And yes. then, uh, like take Ali. It's interesting because huh. Spike Lee hates Ali yeah. because a white guy did it and he thought it should be a black director. Okay, maybe so. Yeah. But 
Michael Mann, Ali's a very good movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, I actually have my, my secret theory is Spike Lee hates Michael Mann because they're, <laughs> they're really kind of the same. They're the same. They, they do a lot of the same things as directors. That's, that's very interesting. Know, so, uh, yeah. so would, um, what is, but he's also yeah, never won. That's yeah. interesting that neither of them have won. Like hmm. that's a whole other thing, right? Like the greatest directors. Yeah. Haven't won. So Hitchcock, mm-hmm. Wells, Lubitsch, Spike Lee, Michael Mann. Yeah, they just they haven't won. And it like so. like Bergman being nominated a couple times too. Like yeah. for uh, all and uh, Altman too. He Altman, has yeah. Lynch. Yeah. The Kubrick thing is so offensive. I think like it's incredible. It's incredible. I do. I do want to recount that people could could watch it on YouTube when Ron Howard won for A Beautiful Mind. Yeah, yeah, and he, he won for Direction. So Beautiful Mind went for picture later, but he wins for direction. And there's this incredible, and I almost think that the editor of the program like lost her, his job for including this cut in the <laughs> thing. So for it's how long would you say it is? It's like maybe a second. Yeah, only, right, right. right. Of, of, of shot of the ceremony. So there's a, so Howard, I think he starts his speech and, or just, he's getting ready to start it. Mm-hmm. And there's a shot of Altman has gone to, Lynch, to Lynch, yeah, and you see him saying something, and what he says is, he later recounted what he says is, "Thank God we I, we didn't win. This is such a load of nonsense." <laughs> right. And I think it's just so it's so great that there you have. So Lynch is nominated for Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. what many people think is his greatest film. Mm-hmm. I, not me, but a lot so. of people think that. Mm-hmm. And Altman's nominated for Gosford Park, which is phenomenally good. Mm-hmm. So. You know, so there's this moment where they both have done some of their best things, and they yeah. just can't. And they're they're seeing Ron Howard, <laughs> who actually, Beautiful Mind is terrible, but yeah. films later aren't that bad. He's he's a, like, a competent director, I think. I yeah, do, like yeah. Rush. I thought I don't know if you've seen that. That's pretty good. Yeah. The the race car. Oh, movie? was it Premium Rush? Is that the, no? No, no, no it's sorry. just Rush. Just it's Rush. About, it's oh, about, oh, I know what you're. I know the film you're talking about now. It's about yeah. Nicky, whatever his name is, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know the other guy's name, but it, Rush is quite good. I mean, he has some. There's some times his films are and Splash is. You know, oh, Splash is great. He has a lot of goodwill with me because he also narrates all the episodes of um, Arrested Development. Oh, yeah, and so oh. and he's he's quite funny. Yeah. Or they yeah, put him in a well, position to be quite funny. I guess it may be the, 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 the good way to put it. Um, can I just, I was just looking at um, uh, original screenplay. I think 99, 99 is the American beauty year, which is yeah. like, yes, it's hurtful, but I want to, this, yeah. this is, we didn't talk about this. This is very, so it wins for um, Alan Ball wins for original screenplay. And I like okay. Al- Alan Ball. He does six feet under for HBO, which is a very good series, but it is a minor crime that Charlie Kaufman doesn't win for being, uh, being John Malkovich. Like, come on. Yeah. That's one of his, that's, <laughs> that's maybe his best one. Right. It, it, I, I mean, eternal yeah. sunshine, I think is a better. Right. Play. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And I love, I, I love, um, uh, adaptation, which is, uh, you know, the only adapt. So adaptation has a distinction of having the only fictional person ever nominated for an Oscar because oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah, it's true. Cause, um, you know, obviously in the film, it's Charlie Kaufman and then Nicolas Cage also plays Donald Kaufman, who doesn't exist. And so right. to continue the joke or the, you know, the thematic, if you like, uh, the film is officially written by Charlie and Donald Kaufman. So the Academy, even though Donald Kaufman doesn't exist, the Academy had to nominate him also. 
That's pretty funny. It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, do uh, do we have do we have more? Do you want to talk about like the Oscars generally or Oscars? Yeah, well, we can we can talk about the the. the I just want to say one more thing sure. about one other great uh, terrible call. So this <laughs> is um, this is what year is this? This is ninety five. So mm-hmm. Braveheart wins for best picture. Sure. Yeah. And. This is again your screenplay. That, or the, I think other people have this theory too. But yeah. so, Usual Suspects wins for screenplay. Yeah, that's a great. So, yeah, that's you know. I mean, Braveheart. I don't know what to say about that other than it shouldn't even have been made as a movie. But um, <laughs> but but Usual Suspects. I yeah, mean, of course. It's, it's 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 pretty great. So yeah, no, that's uh, a gr- that's a great one. I mean, and then and then the next year too, where Fargo wins for screenplay, you know, um, but even though English patient wins best picture, like that's, uh, absolutely. Like there's not like you, you, (laughs) you can watch movies forever. You'll never find another film where, I mean, I said this to you on the phone. Like I, I still believe this. You'll never find another movie where every single line uttered by everybody is hilarious and also just teeming with darkness uh, yeah. it's not, you know, it, the only thing that's close is, uh, is, is Ted Knight's, uh, performance in, uh, in Caddyshack, in Caddyshack where he n- yeah. doesn't say n- yeah. none of the lines as written down are funny, but everything he uh, says is hilarious. Everything he says is funny. Yeah. 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 That's maybe the greatest comic performance of all time. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great... maybe as much as Jack Benny and to be or not. To oh be, man. Yeah. Those, yeah, those are he- two heavy yeah. hitters. Do I want to, yeah. I, I want to bring yeah. your attention or Peter Sellers, my God, or I mean, Sellers in, yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. In, oh, strange in, in strange love right yeah 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 uh i love the idea so the idea you know again that like i propose and probably again other people say this too that best original screenplay for best original screenplay for 94 if these were the best picture nominees again this means that forrest gump doesn't win the we're looking at pulp fiction bulls over broadway four weddings and a funeral heavenly creatures and then koslowski's uh red so wow yeah pretty good yeah that'd be great that'd be like a. Re- I mean red has to win obviously if there was like a real objective right. choice red would win right but but you know i mean pulp fiction's it's okay yeah that's a good it fits your it fits both your cultural and yes and, certainly yeah. maybe more so cultural i think that, that you're yeah more cultural than good yeah i think that's for, right for the, i think yeah for the tarantino i don't know that he's made a good film i don't know i mean it's hard for me to re after Django, it's hard for me to watch his movies and not be like, yeah, this guy likes having black characters, specifically Sam Jackson, say the N word. And then, yeah. other, and he himself, and it's just like, is that the, whole, yeah. is that the, that's why, I mean, that's why we should like, make movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, I agree with that critique. And I, I also think that he, like the role that spectacle plays ideologically in the, in all yeah. of his films, mm. I feel like is a big problem. And I, I also think like he's, he's, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I just found, I, you know, I guess there's something there at times that's kind of interesting, but I, I, I just find his films, they, they're, they're boring. I don't, I don't think they're, I think they're, they pretend like they're not, they're kind of challenging some kind of so do you think traditional code and they're not really, I don't think. So you would say then that the, um, or I wonder if you would say this, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, yeah. but that the, uh, like the time skipping in Pulp Fiction is like, a uh, d- distracts from the fact that it's a boring yeah, story. Yeah, I think it's, I think yeah. it's, I think in the end it's not, I mean, I think 
like that he uses that like that. I, I think a lot of films use that time. I've even written a book on that. Yes, but, yeah. like <laughs> use that that disruption of time as in a in a in a pretty compelling aesthetic and and political way. But I think in Pulp Fiction, it's more to give us a sense that like. Uh, and this is, I think this is the problem, like that anything is possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, mm-hmm. that even when we're repeating there, we're really, we're really, there's this real fetishization of the new at work in Tarantino. And yet it's really just, which I think he, in some way he unintentionally exposes that the new is just the fetishized new is just the recycled old bit. And like, yeah. but if what he's trying to say, like, like it's interesting that, that, I think Tarantino's trying to break out of the cliche, mm-hmm. like in a violent yeah. way, but he's trying to say even the, I can take the most cliched thing and then just twist it and make it not cliched. Mm-hmm. But I think it doesn't, I, I don't think that works. I think in the end, it's just like he, it's it's this real belief that I, I'm going to create something new and that we're, and, and that the new will somehow save us from, you know, the trauma that I've just sort of li- like to me, that's the whole point of both inglorious bastards and Django, right? Like, yeah. you, like we can be delivered from the trauma yeah. of history. Yeah. I that, mean, that's the, that to me, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to read those films yeah. as like, there's a trauma of history. Mm-hmm. And if we just take up the position of vengeful, v- yeah, revenge actor, yeah. Yeah. we can escape the trauma of history. And, What's ironic is, of course, that's the way in which the trauma of history gets repeated yeah. when people get invested in vengeance. Yeah, no, so, that's, that's uh, such you, a great point. And and like, you, uh, no, keep please keep going. Yeah, no, I just I I just think like so to me the whole celebration of him is, a, 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 it's like this great kind of thing where consciously it's this belief that this is going to allow me to escape this horrible trauma, but unconsciously it's that. Tarantino offers you a way to repeat it without ever avowing that you're really repeating it. Yeah. So to me, just the, I just, again, if I were, had any influence with the cultural commissar, I would, <laughs> I would not, I would take his camera away. You know, <laughs> oh, I would not, that's really nice. I, I just think he, he, yeah, I feel like that, that, and and it's it's interesting that I think th- that's not the reason why he's not rewarded by the Academy, although he is sometimes rewarded. Yeah, I mean, he did like win for actors, best screenplay. Screenplay, right. Mm-hmm. He won for screenplay, and his actors, like, vaults one twice, yes, I think. that's right. For the same, uh, can I just, same character. Can I just uh, nail down, yeah. to, like, give two concrete examples of some of what you're talking yes, about? Yeah, I, yeah. Think that it's, I think it's it's right to say that what... Um, I, I suppose what makes Tarantino um, an ideological filmmaker uh, is that he seems to be giving you, uh, he seems to be giving you freedom when what he's actually serving up is, is, uh, is conservatism. It's, it's like, it's like yeah. baked into it. And I'll give two examples is okay. uh, the one is I'm going to be quoting you back to you in Pulp Fiction. What he does with the, with that book being what book I'm looking at your book. That's the reason I said that, but with uh, Pulp Fiction being, told in a disjointed manner, you get to, um, enjoy, uh, John Travolta's character's plot line and you see him die, but then he walks away into the sunset at the end of the movie. And so it's like, he didn't die. And when I talk about Pulp Fiction to other people and we, we talk about that scene, like most people forget that Travolta's dead in that movie. Right. Because right. he ends and he walks off into the sunset with jewels like that's so you have to remind people that that happened. So that's like a little 
that's a, a not a political conservatism, but it's like, well, I get to kill a character. It's a narrative. It's conservatism. a narrative conservatism. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Thank, yeah. thank you. Yeah. You know, you, I get to kill this character and then, but we get to enjoy him being alive. It's like a, yeah. you know, like, uh, like a TV show killing a character, but you didn't really see that person die. So then they come back or whatever. Right. Like, but right. that is on right. a, no, it is. Yeah. That's true. It's like this. It's like the sequel that, that says, oh, they were just sleeping or they were just whatever. Yeah. 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 They were just badly hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. They were just, yeah. yeah, It's merely a flesh wound. Uh, So, but my, my, my second example would be, um, Django and the way that Django is set up does evince this, not just narrative conservatism, but political conservatism, which is that when Django kills Leonardo DiCaprio, there's still a further problem. And the further problem is the um is samuel jackson's character so by doing this and i don't know that tarantino does this intentionally but it doesn't matter is what he's saying is that like after the major problem of slavery is taken care of which is slave owners there's still the further problem the real problem is slaves like enslaved people like you you can't like if you think about it as that movie, like in terms of a video game, the final boss is not the slave owner. It's the person who he has, you know, ground down and made into a pliant enslaved person. Like that cannot be how that, that can't be how that ends like that. Like, so now you're, you're essentially like a product of the problem is the real problem. And one that implicates the people in it, which is like, um, again, I, I don't know that he, I would actually, I'm certain that he didn't intend to do that because I don't think he's that thoughtful uh, to, to have thought that out to the end, but that's, but it's still there. And yeah, you know. I, I totally, that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Uh, all right. So do you want to talk about yeah. sort of this year and the, definitely. so the, what's interesting is this year, I think has one of these silence of the lambs type films in get out that's nominated. So it could mean in get out, yeah. which I mean, both of us think it has a chance, although I think you're more sanguine about its possibilities than I am, yes, right? I think you... I, I, it's hard for me. So you've seen all the Best Picture nominees. I've, I've seen, seen all nine. Yeah. Excuse me. You've, yeah, I've seen uh, five of the nine. And it is... Uh, I, I, it's, I would be really, really surprised. So I did. So as I, I said to you about this past decade, like this past decade, I, I tried to come up with like a structure of like the films that have been uh, that have won Best Picture. And the kind of conclusion I came to is after a decade, uh, the you know, the, the the aughts where it seemed like the popular film won instead of like the great film, you know, and I think uh, Gladiator... With the exception of No Country. With the exception of No Country, yeah. And I I think, like, Gladiator and A Beautiful Mind back-to-back is, like, a really good example of that. And then, like, Lord of the Rings wins when Lost in Translation should. It's not even a question about that. And so, so anyway, and then there... You know, you can talk about other years, whatever, but it's, it's the... The, the popular film, the, the, the culturally relevant one is the one that wins and not the great like art object. Whereas what right. I think has happened in the past seven years is that Hollywood has either awarded itself in terms of films that endeavor to exhibit filmmaking or acting um, or Hollywood history. So, I mean, like you're talking about the artist, the King speech artist, right. Birdman, which I think is a great, great movie. You like Birdman. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. But it's yeah. still, you know, uh, it's still an example of those things. So yeah. you're either, or, and then Argo as well is also a, yeah. a, really a film about filmmaking. Um, 
or it's a film or they uh, 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 award the sort of progressive film. And so then here we're talking about like 12 years a slave, like, you know, this like sort of progressive issues about bring uh, talking about slavery. Cause the, uh, there's not an honest conversation about that in this country. Uh, you know, uh, I don't need to say that, uh, but and then spotlight. And then I think moonlight as well. We were talking about like, you know, right. so that's what they've been doing. And, my theory is that they've been doing this because uh, TV has gotten better and people say TV is better than movies. And so what yeah. the Academy, this is my thing is I think that they, what they try to do is to award films that um, are important and that are more than just being important, uh, show you what Hollywood can do that maybe TV can't. The television can't. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. E- so cons- that's a good theory. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So considering yeah. that, I can't see another, I don't see how another movie, maybe The Post, which I didn't see because of our political moment, could win over Get Out, but I just, I can't see it. I I, I mean, of course it could happen because Forrest Gump happened. So you don't think Shape of Water, uh, because it's, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> the Mexican director. I mean, that's, well, yeah, Del Toro, who yeah. I like a lot. I like him personally. Yeah, you and like I, him. I think you like him too. Much probably, more. I do. Yeah. I well, yeah. you know what it is. I feel like this is the same thing too. Is I listened yesterday, and I shouldn't have done this. I listened to uh, an interview with uh, Greta Gerwig, and now I feel like everybody's grandmother. Like I, like I don't think Lady Bird is a, is a very compelling movie, uh, but and, like. I listened to the, her interview and I'm like, well, she, you know what? She tried really hard and I feel yeah. like her grandmother. And it's like, well, you know, yeah. she did like a really great, j- and, yeah. but, and so I shouldn't have done that. But I, th- anyway, but I do think it's an important film. I do think like, I mean, like it's not, it's not enough. I mean, she makes this point in the interview, so I'm not taking this uh, from her that like, um, it's excellent to, you know, nominate women for awards, but, and she makes this point is that they're, the like uh women in film shouldn't be treated as like a cat like a charity category or something right you know like, well it yeah. was if she's nominated for best picture that's a charity yeah i feel like yeah like lady bird i mean it's fine but it's not even i mean i i just would dare someone to tell me what the point of that film is yeah it would just be impossible you just couldn't say it's just there's no narrative there's no there's like Okay, so some girl comes to some awareness that her mother is actually important to her, I guess. Is that not a horrible person? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not horrible, I guess. Is that I think with that movie yeah, I think so there the times that I liked that movie, and I have a note about this, um, and I, there are things I want to say about Shape of Water or whatever, um, or particularly about why it would be bad for Hollywood to give Sally Hawkins uh we all just say this now. If Sally Hawkins wins uh best actress she was really good in that movie but if she wins uh a best actress for that then the year of me too they're going to award a woman who doesn't speak in a in a movie yeah that's interesting i uh, find that would be very um yeah would be very holly yeah. hunter who who has that great yeah. line right like i guess to win an award to win one of these you have to shut up if you're a woman yeah. i think is what she by the way who yeah. should be nominated for big sick yeah but isn't yeah yeah yeah. yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. total. But, bummer. but yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I mean, I just thought, like, we're going to talk for, so first you want to, you want to make, oh, I want to make the Lady Bird point. Yeah. The, the yeah. parts where I like that movie, I, it felt to me a little, and I don't, and I don't think that, again, because I listened to this interview with Greta Gerwig, I don't think she does this on purpose, but the parts where I liked the movie, I felt it was a little manipulative where I liked it when what I saw in it was 
scenes from my own growing up because she's only four years older than I am, I think. Yeah. Um, and so the like the dude with the middle part hair reading Howard Zinn, you know, and being apart from like the cool kids or whatever, that's totally a part of my like growing up and like seeing yeah. them, the smoking clove. Cares, Ryan? Well, no, Todd, that's exactly my point. That is exactly yeah. my point, which is like, that's a manipulative kind of thing. And like, so it, it only means something to me because I see me in it. Like, and that's yeah. not a movies need to be uh, more than that, especially when we're talking about be- best picture. And I, and again, it's only because to go back to our first thing for why this category matters to critique, to critique lady bird, um, outside of it being, it's a different conversation if we're not talking about best picture. Cause I think that's probably true. Yeah. I would just, right. I think I, I, I came out and I was like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. It's not, it's relatively unobjectionable. Yeah. Right. It's fine. The JV coach. I mean, I think there are deeper problems with some of the other films. Definitely. Yeah. That's, I think true. I think like, like I think Mm -hmm. call me by your name. It's fine. It's like a rom, and you know, it's just a normal romance. But if like, if it wasn't, if the couple wasn't gay, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be anything mm, okay. to it. It would just, be, but I found there to be a slight problem that like one of the little things that they do in their love relationship is they call each other by the person's name. Okay. Like, you know, like you're going to have to tell me because this is one movie I did not see. Yeah. You haven't seen. Yeah. So they, they, so they, they say each, so, so Oliver is one of the, so, mm-hmm. so the guy who's having sex with Oliver calls the guy, Oliver calls or he Oliver uses his name to refer to the, the other, other guy. Person. So they, gotcha. so they, mm-hmm. so it'd be like if I was talking to you and I said, Todd, Todd, but, yeah. you know, like, I like the way that you make feel. Okay. <laughs> so doesn't that, con- I just thought it's fascinating. It confirms the worst uh, stereotype of gay sexuality. Yeah. That is that it's totally narcissistic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That there's no real object. It's just taking the self as the object. Yeah. So I thought that was totally objectionable mm-hmm. in addition to the film just being this sort of, just standard kind mm. of romance thing with no other kind of intrigue added whatsoever. Mm. Uh, other than it's like Italian villa, very, you know, like incredible opulence and, you know, mm-hmm. it's a romantic setting, but then shape of water. I, I, I thought they, they fall in love and she says, what I love about him, this monster figure mm. is that he doesn't see what I lack. Right. I mean, I mean, like that would mean he couldn't fall in love with you. Like yeah. you love the person who loves what you lack. I, and so yeah. I, so I think those two films like t- very objectionable. Yeah. And I have, a, you know, I have a number of problems with the, the shape yeah. of water. Could I, uh, yeah. Could, why don't you go yeah, ahead? There, well, one, this is, we, I didn't talk about this with you is, um, uh, the idea in that movie that science, like pursuing science is free from ideology. Like the scientist who's working for the communists really only cares about people and science. And he, you know, he's pretending to work for the Americans and he's, so what gets done here, I think this is a very, very ideological thing is that like, like science is free from ideological uh, influence. It is, it is fact. It is investigation of fact and is free from ideology. When I think that's a, that is maybe the reason, one of the central reasons why people uh, in this country, more so than others, uh, don't uh, 
just agree with the science. Like, look, climate science, like there's like, of course, like obviously everything that the the scientists are saying is happening. But when you couple that with an attitude in this country that it's irrefutable, in fact, you're just inviting people to to look for conspiracy theories and alternate explanations. And what I would say, though, is that like, so that's a larger top level thing, but it's in the way that scientists write. Like this is my, I don't know if I ever talked to you about this, but this is my big problem with the passive voice. The passive voice in scientific writing is like the person conducting the experiment really is just an impartial observer and that they're just saying what they're seeing and that they have no effect just by them seeing it and and recording it in in words that are coming to them, that there's there's no manipulation of that. And so then when it comes out that, of course, that happened, of course, there's like tendentious uh, data being collected and maybe uh, objectionable conclusions, like everyone cites the Stanford prison experiment, but no one can recreate it, you know? And so then you, you start to do things like that. And then the science becomes questionable. And when you have the attitude that it's irrefutable, well, that's a problem for you. Yeah. So, and I think you're right that the film really is invested in that yes idea i mean he's like one of the real heroic figures of the film right totally like he yeah 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 that's a problem and then that's also the, the the secondary and this is a bigger problem like the the problem that people have with three ebbings about um it's uh, potentially being uh, laissez-faire with um, with police the violence, racist, cop. racist yeah. cops. Yeah, which again, you're not supposed to like these characters. I think that's unambiguous in the movie that you're not right. supposed to be on their side. Like just because they're on screen, I think people think, well, I need to be sympathetic with that person. No, you're not. That right. you know, as right. as I put it to you, that movie ends with two horrible people who have been horrible to each other going to another state, another state to kill the wrong guy. Kill that, the wrong guy. That's like yeah. that's what they're gonna do. Like you, and even if they were gonna <laughs> kill the right guy, what is it? Yeah. Is the death penalty punishment? Is that is every murder result is the death penalty the proper punishment? Right. Or, or well, this is the Batman know. thing, right? Where it's like so vigilante justice is okay. We're gonna that, is, yeah. is that not yeah. like totalitarian? And and you know we're yeah. and yeah. I think yeah. the film is very critical of the two of them, even at the very end. They're buffoonish. I think absolutely. And it lo- I mean, I yeah. think the mm-hmm. only critique of the film mm-hmm. that's possible is that it that it actually like it's it, it like puts the all the kind of what you were t- saying about Django like it puts all the blame for um this kind of contemporary capitalist subjectivity mm-hmm. on those people that are the yes, that are the, the victims, victims of, of it. it i mean yeah, i think that's pretty good yeah yeah that's yeah pretty. i mean to me that's the really the, i i don't necessarily think that mm-hmm. i mean i i you know i think they probably deserve a lot of the blame, but, um, or some, <laughs> well, of the like these but, characters, the, like you could yeah, say it that yeah, way too. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, but I do think, uh, we're definitely not supposed to like them. Yeah. And, and what's nice about that film is that it takes Francis McDormand initially where it, I mean, who wouldn't be invested in someone whose daughter has been killed and they sure. can't yeah. find the killer. But, but in the end, you, she's pretty. Dis- I mean, not pretty. She's despicable. She burn. You like, yeah, exactly. Like you're totally. I think that that's what a, a great thing that Martin McDonough does, and I think that that that's certainly like an intentional writerly directorly thing that ends yeah. up being really enjoyable is that like he makes you want to be like this woman is a badass like there's a number of those shots from the ground right, from the right. ground looking up where she's just like a towering figure in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, this is. This is a, a a strong. This is a fearless woman. I am on her side, and right. she burns right. a police station. Right. You know, if, trapping a guy inside who who 
okay, for whatever his other sins, he did he wasn't process of committing a sin i think he's just going back to get something he's going back to get something and how great is it that he's he's reading this is one of my favorite moments in the movie he's reading the letter that woody harrelson's character uh writes to him that says that he's too angry and he he says and and like when he says you should like you know it it doesn't it does what does he say something like it doesn't make you gay to let to let things like to be okay with things to be calm he goes you should try it and like at that moment is when one of the um molotov cocktails hits the police station and he's got his back to it and not paying attention right he hasn't noticed yeah it's like a nice collision of like his interiority with us seeing what's happening on the outside um but what i wanted to say about Shape of Water is that when, and this happens in, in, in other Hollywood films. And, and I think that this is a problem with how, um, liberals like think about, uh, you know, uh, black lives matter and, and, uh, other kinds of like civil rights uh, movements is that what the shape of water does is it thinks it's being liberatory when it, uh, makes an equivalent between the struggle of this, uh, odd, uh, creature, this odd sea creature with, uh, the struggle of, of people of color against white supremacy or the right. people of, uh, or, or, uh, gay people against, you know, uh, oppressive heteronormativity and or the working class against capital. Exactly. When you, yeah. when you do that, when what you've done is you've t- taken all these people and you make it equivalent to a biologically different species from humanity, right. you have just agreed with the racists and the, you know, yeah. who think poor people are biologically different. Right. Who, Absolutely. Or black I mean, people are right. biologically right. different. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Or horrible. Or horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it's horrible. Okay. Like, I agree totally with you. That's yeah. like, that's, to me, you went through the film's ideological sins. I would put that, at the, I think you probably would too, at yeah. the very top. Yeah, right? definitely. You know, that's the, yeah. That's the greatest sin. That's the greatest sin. Okay, so yeah. let's work go, through go some through of the other. So yeah. I thought Post was fine, Spielberg, nothing to write home about, but, mm-hmm. but tolerable. I thought Phantom Thread was just... The most one of the most boring films I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, I said to you, I think uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's career. I think you can mark a straight downward trajectory. And from, I from hard. I really yeah. am not looking forward to how the next step down is. But I feel like I have to see everyone. But I think the masterpiece is Hard Eight, and then just straight. Down. <laughs> anyway, so Dunkirk, yeah. fine, Nolan, but but lesser. I think we talked about it. Yeah, so let's the, get to the, the what we the time thing is interesting in that, but but yeah, I know you like that, I like and I that, think, but, but I mean, I think to me, I think no, I like Christopher Nolan usually, and I think this is you wrote a book about him. Yeah, just, yeah, I did, yeah. and I think this is. I I joke to people. They said, "Well, what would you add about this?" I would just write, "This is not a Christopher Nolan film." It would be the yeah. shortest chapter in the book. We just have one sentence, but <laughs> maybe that's unfair. You're mm. right. There's this whole time thing that maybe is interesting, but. I, and it does, it, for a historical epic, it compresses time. Yes. It's not too long. Not at all. Which they, these kinds of films normally are. When it's, They're when usually so long. Like Saving battle. Private Ryan must be like 10 hours. I, isn't it, or something? <laughs> I think you're, you're, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, maybe I exaggerate. No, no I was going to say understate, but yeah. That's I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's show on Saving Private Ryan. They're yeah, both, right, right. But then, so then it leaves us with what, we both think is by far right. The, oh yeah, the best film of the year. Yeah, is, is Get Out definitely right? that, and and yeah, I think it it's pretty incredible. I the only thing I want to introduce, and I've we've talked about this before, is uh, 
point made, I don't know if she still even believes this, but a, by a good friend of mine, Jennifer Friedlander, who said, mm-hmm. it's interesting, and she liked the film herself, but she said, it's interesting that it's a film critiquing white liberals universally acclaimed by white, <laughs> by liberals. white liberals. Yeah. So it's a little, you know, okay, that, that there be there, I think there are ways to explain that, mm-hmm. but it certainly has to be explained, right? Like it yeah. is a, it is a, because it wasn't just, I mean, Black film goers loved it too, yeah. so it wasn't just like. Well, oh, but white. is this is this where where the Shape of Water is instructive? Is is that where the the general non acknowledgement of that film's uh, compromise to the to the racists like is is it not understanding the racist logic at the core of of that particular film not at work also in the, the, the love for get out that, that Freelander yeah. notes, you know, like yeah. where it's yeah. the inability to see that when we make a biolo- biologically different creature and we try to have the sympathetic story about it and we say like, it's the same as gay people and, uh, and, and black people, we've now done half the work for, for racists and homophobes. Yeah. It's the, and like, I think that's the, that's the same thing where like, you we're basically between the two films you're tracking the same kind of blindness yeah although do you think i mean there is i wonder if it if it doesn't if the character the white racist characters in the film are a little too i mean this is the whole point so it wouldn't work without this yeah. but they're too racist you know like they're or too i shouldn't say too racist they're too overtly racist like hmm. like and I know in certain ways they're not because they come across, I mean, part of Peel's whole point is that they're able to come across a certain way and it's just covering over this other yeah. kind of but is that not, thing that's at work. Well, yeah, I guess my, my, counter, my counterpoint, I wonder what you yeah. say, is like, um, is what Peel's doing not then just, just to say like this skein of civility, this is actually overt racism. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. That's the great point about the film. I, I, I agree. And I understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, that's why in the end, I do think it's probably, I don't think it's, I'm, it's tempting to say it's the greatest anti-racist film ever made. I think wow. that's probably overstating it's probably it. Probably overstating it. But may, well, yeah. well just because well, no, I don't know. I, I, I just I, I heard you say that, and like I immediately agree. But then I'm like, I'm there's probably a film I'm not thinking of. Yeah. So well, like, yeah. what about like do the right thing? Well, I don't think do the right thing. No. no. I mean, because it doesn't indict the spectator hmm. in the same way. I don't, is, so is that is. what you would say to to uh, well? in agreement with, uh, with Jennifer Friedlander's point that like in that way, get out indicts the spectator, you know, if it's universally adored by white liberals when it, even though it's, a yeah, like I think, li- right. Like do the right thing was a little bit more like people were worried. Like, does he really, is he taking Malcolm X's side or Martin Luther King's? <laughs> it's not clear. Yeah. Um, you know what we're all, why, you know, there, there just were so many problems with the, with the depiction, even by like, sort of quote unquote well-meaning white people. So, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I, I think, so maybe that one, I mean, I immediately thought of, of summer of Sam, which is interesting oh. because it's a Spike Lee film with very few black people. in yeah, it. Yeah. That's pretty funny. But it totally uncovers the paranoid logic of, of the racist and, and sort of indicts you in that. Hmm. Logic. I mean, to me, isn't isn't that wouldn't that be the real anti-racist film? Is the one that is able to indict you? Yeah. You know, as a spectator, and then force you to kind of confront 
what you don't want to see about yourself. That's probably true. And I think Get Out does that. So yeah. I, I, I actually think, I don't want to, I, maybe I, I just, I don't know if I can rank it relative to certain other ones, but I do think it does that really successfully. And I think, mm. you know, I think it also uh, appeals to these, like, I think it does a really nice job of depicting what people call, I don't like this term, that people call the microaggression. Oh, like, yeah. To me, it's just aggression. It's aggression. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I think I that's. Know. I don't think it's micro. I've said this to a number but, of people after you said that to me. I think that's a great point. Like that's don't concede the argument to people to other people. Yeah, it's it's an aggression. Micro. Like that's yeah. an aggression. It's yeah. a racist aggression. Yeah. Like the I would vote for Obama. I thought that was and and like I thought he did a great job of of catching like the eager like the way just the subtle way that like you see someone black and you're for a lot of white the white liberal and you and you want to. Like, you direct your conversation immediately to some, like to to something Sports. that centers around blackness, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, so I think that's that's you know I think that's pretty great about it, and uh, and I think it's incredibly well made. I think that the way that information is distributed mm-hmm. uh, in the film really kind of you're not especially the relationship to the girlfriend. Like yeah. you, you think. You have no idea. I at least, I mean, your little things like she didn't, she confronts the cop and you're like, that seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But basically you think she's on his side until the moment when he sees the pictures. And yeah, I I would say the, yeah. And I mean, is that after the, is that after the phone call that she has with his friend? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, Oh, agreed. Like I, you're right. Like it's, it's so, I mean, that's another way of saying, that it's, it's really, it's well paced. And that's a thing that is, um, I, I hate saying things like this cause it, it seems like, uh, Oh, this is people don't filmmakers don't do this anymore. But I think that yeah. pacing is a, is a thing that's, um, oftentimes I, th- I think that filmmakers uh, don't get right. It, it's like a, a lot of movies. Um, I think sometimes Judd Apatow movies are like this where you get, a lot of information all at once and we're going real fast and you're like, okay, this is the speed of the movie. And then it slows way the hell down for like 40 minutes because we have to deal with something. And it's like, well, wait a minute. The thing that we just learned is just as important as stuff that we learned in like the first 40 minutes or whatever first hour. And so, but now we're just going to stay with this one thing. And maybe that's what I would say is a little impressive about Dunkirk is that the pacing is the steady. You like that in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Just to, to not, I, I, I didn't mean to, to bring it back to that, but I, no, that's, that's fine. I think that's a good point. I do think that what, when you're talking about the distribution of information, it's about, that's also about, you know, that's how desire is distributed interesting. through the narrative. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that, I think you're right that get out really does a great job. And I guess the one question is about the ending, like, mm. you know, his original ending was he's caught by the cops and then right. it's, it's a disaster. Um, but I, I kind of think that the, and people have said, you know, test audiences hated that and, and that's why he changed it, I think. But uh, I don't know that test audiences were wrong in this case. Like, I feel, I, I, I really you. like the fact that it's a TSA cop coming to help him, you know, mm-hmm. because TSA has this sort of status. I like the status that they have. Like, they're not, they're not like real cops, but they're <laughs> kind of like, defenders of the public sphere in a certain way, you know, like, mm-hmm. and in fact, after nine 11, you remember like, uh, airport security was privatized. Yeah. And then one of the moves that Bush made, which is incredible that he did it, mm. was to, to make it a public, 
That is crazy. That you know, because usually they're privatizing everything. Yeah. Well, can I? But it was it was under Clinton that it was privatized, Mm -hmm. and then it became this kind of public. So I kind of thought, here's the like public sphere to the rescue, even though it's also his friend, right? Right, right. Well, and this is what I think, and I can't take credit for this observation. This goes to out to um, like a couple friends of mine, but the I actually think that this ending, the the where he is rescued by his friend, it also gives you the other ending where you right, think he's right. caught no, by the, that's true. because when his right. friend shows up, you're like, shit, this is a black guy that just got caught by the cops. So yeah, you, right. the, whatever you would have felt at that end of the movie, if that's how it you ended, get that, you get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you get yeah. both endings with, with it being, yeah. with it ending the, the way that it, that it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, yeah. so we both think, I think you agree, right? Like masterpiece. Master- right? Yeah. So, I agreed. Yeah. And, definitely. and the chance, this is one, this could be the year that they reward the masterpiece and not the the shape of water. Not the shape which would be that would yeah. is that what you think is the is the I second? do think that will win instead and oh I think that will God. be really, really sad. Oh. I think it'll be to me that's equivalent of like brave heart over usual suspects. Um that's such a bummer. Do you not think though that the you know how it's being um there's someone saying they're suing because they said it ripped off their dad's. Oh, yeah. I yeah, but I think it's too late. It probably is. Well, people have already voted. Probably. Yeah, that's probably true. I all, well, This is what I want to say is that there was also. So there are two people who have said that the film rips off something they did. Um, it was also like. It rip off Beauty and the Beast. I mean, well, so, well this, this, like, this is my point, Todd. Yeah, I was just going to say is that it's not a. I don't think it ripped off anything. I think it's just not a very original film is what that means. Yeah, like yeah. if a Danish film student thinks it ripped off their film and. And then some other person thinks it was like their father's, uh, you know, uh, stage play. Like, like, look, a, 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 a woman falling in love with a seemingly ugly, like an, an who, unlovable who, creature. I know Jean Cocteau made the first film version, I think, but, but who would, it's a fairy tale, right? Yes. I mean, it's not yes. a, uh, you're just, no th- one has their copyright. No. And you're just throwing darts at details. It's in the yeah. 19... 19- yeah. 60s and yeah. there is yeah. communists yeah. and her best friend is a gay old man you know what i mean yeah. like you're just that's i don't i don't well, think it's interesting know. like so so you're right so maybe that's derailed by the the this these suits and then <laughs> three billboards i think is screwed from by the the racist yeah critique mm-hmm. right and so then then maybe get out could win but uh cuz i think those are the only two real Competitors, I can't see. I guess Lady Bird. I mean, I guess that could win. Yeah, I suppose. But that that indulges the. We talked about this not on the show, but maybe in a future podcast. I think to to um, the the answer is that like oh well, so in the year of Me Too, Lady Bird will win Best Picture, and I think that's like a paranoid logic. I I don't know that the the Academy. I don't know that it works that way. Okay, well, yeah. let's let's. Uh, my prediction is Shape of Water. Sadly, but I'm gonna. Uh, your prediction is Get Out. My prediction is Get Out. I I'm okay. choos- choosing to be an optimist. Okay, I'm so I'm produced, I'm picking Shape of Water and Del Toro for director. Or you think Peel for director? Too? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna double down. Yes, I'm double oh, downing on, on excellent on Get okay, Out. And I good. think it'll win. Uh, is it up for screenplay? Screenplay, yeah. Uh, yes, I think it's gonna be uh, those three. Wow, yeah, it's gonna be a triple. I think Big Six. Go- I oh, think Get Big Out Six, will win good. screenplay if it doesn't win picture. Oh. But I think if it wins picture, big. I think that will have a clue if it's going to win. If it wins screenplay, it will not win picture. Hmm. That's my prediction. Unless it's a Silence of the Lambs kind of thing. 
Yes, unless it's a clean sweep. Clean sweep. Okay. Which is always possible. Always possible. All right. Thanks so much for calling, Todd. Okay, Ryan. Good talking to you. Over and out. Over and out. All right. Thanks.